The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Yesterday, we looked at the account of Jesus visiting the home of Martha and Mary. We were beginning to see that there's a difference between work and worship. Certainly, the kingdom of God requires work, but if we let ourselves get caught up in the work and we forget to take personal time to worship Him, then we've missed the point of serving Him. Join us today as we conclude this sermon about work and worship and see that the most needful thing of all for us is to sit at Jesus' feet and hear his word so that we can grow in our personal relationship and fellowship with him. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
I'm sorry to say and to confess to you, there are times in my life, I hope not as many as there used to be, but especially early on in my life when something bad would happen, I'd say, Lord, why? Don't you care? Why would you let this happen? Why would you do such a thing? Most of the time, the Lord wasn't doing it. But, you know, I guess he suffered it to occur, so I was trying to blame him. That's what the disciples said when he was asleep in the hinder part of the ship and the ship was just about to go under. They didn't go to him and say, Lord, help us. We know you love us and we know you can fix this. They just went to him and said, don't you care that we perish? I mean, can you imagine saying that to the Lord? I can just almost see his face. I've had people question me in that way, not on that particular topic, obviously, but they'd come in and they'd ask me a question that was just a foolish question. And I'd be... You know, I just want to say, what kind of stupid question is that? <laughs> I have said that occasionally, but I can just see the Lord's face when they said, don't you care that we perish? I, I can just see him almost say, my goodness, let me just show you how much I care, <laughs> you know, and he did that. He's, but here's my point. It affected her attitude. She was wallowing in self-pity. She was actually accusing the Lord of not caring about her. And remember, I've told you already, she, she already leaned that way. Remember what we read over in the 11th chapter of John. She didn't go to the Lord and say, thank you so much that you're here. I know that you love us and you're going to do something great. She said, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother hadn't died. You know, I mean, sometimes we're tempted in that way, aren't we? Someone that we love is close to us. Lord, where were you? They die. Where were you? Why did, you know, why, Lord, why not? Why did you do, why didn't you, you know, we, we question his care for us. You know, that's one of the reasons it's so important to understand the true gospel of the grace of God. Because you see, we don't believe in a God that just started caring for us when we started acting right. Now, I know the religious world says that he loves everybody. And he loves them apparently so much that if you don't do right, he loves you so much he's going to send you to hell. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, does it? If I went to my wife before we were married and took out the ring and got down on one knee and proposed, and I said, sweetheart, I love you more than anybody else in this world. And I want you, I'm asking you to be my wife. And if you say yes, I'm going to take you to my home and we're going to live together for the rest of our lives. But if you say no, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I mean, that's, we prosecute people for that. <laughs> we prosecute. That's domestic violence, you see. And yet that's what the world says that the Lord is doing. Is that he's, oh, I love you so much, but I'm going to throw you away forever if you don't do right. Now listen. God is a God of wrath. Yes, we know that. He, he, he is a, and He's not a God of just of wrath. He's a God of justice. And that's where His wrath flows from. His wrath is a product of His justice. He is perfectly just. He will, perfectly, he will do perfect justice ultimately. But you see, He did perfect justice for His children in the person and work of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he's still a just God. That's why he can be just and the justifier of his children, you see. Because Christ took on him the sin of every one of his children. She said, Lord, don't you care? 
See, it affected her attitude. But now I want us to look for the few minutes that we have left at, at Mary, sweet Mary, the worshiper. We, we also see her three times in Scripture, maybe more, but at least three times. I'm certain she must have been a younger sibling, and, you know, I don't know her personality exactly, but it seemed to be very compassionate, very loving. Maybe she was a little less responsible in her thinking. Maybe she didn't feel the same. She obviously didn't feel the same degree of responsibility. She didn't appear to be a fixer like Martha. She seemed to be maybe a little more carefree. She was not cumbered and troubled and careful for all that serving. But you know what? In all three places we see her, where we know for sure it's her, you know where she is? Martha's over there serving. Mary is at the feet of Jesus all three times. You remember in John chapter 11, going back over there, when, Mar when Martha went to Jesus, we don't read anything about her falling down at his feet or anything like that. She just accosts him and accuses him and the Lord gave her the ministry of truth, right? <laughs> he told her, he said, your brother's going to rise again. He answered her question with a direct statement in a sense rebuking her. I know you're here. You're accusing me. You say I don't care. If I'd just been here, your brother hadn't died. Hey, he's going to rise again. He's going to rise again. But then we see sweet Mary in verse 31 it says when they saw Mary she rose up hastily and went out saying and they thought she was going to the grave to weep there but verse 32 says when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him she fell down at his feet saying unto him Lord if thou hadst been here my brother had not died and she said the same thing that Martha said but she said it in a very different way. I know we can't hear the tone, but we can sure read into it what's happened here. Martha is accosting and accusing Jesus. Mary is falling at his feet and weeping and weeping. And listen to what it says then. What did Jesus do? When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews weeping which came with he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. He groaned in his spirit. And it was just two verses later where we told that Jesus wept. Martha received the ministry of truth due to her attitude. Mary received the ministry of tears due to her attitude. Christ just, he didn't, he didn't say, listen here, let me set you straight. He just said, come on, let's go to the graveside. Where have you laid him? Child of God, this sweet Mary, this, this sweet one that was not cumbered and troubled, but was certainly heartbroken, certainly hurting in her heart. The Lord just put his arms around her in a figurative way, just like he'll do with you and I. And went right with her to the grave and wept there with her. In chapter 12, after he raised Lazarus from the dead, in verse 3, we read about this same Mary who comes to Jesus with the most expensive thing she has. 
very costly, a pound of ointment of spikenard, and fell at his feet, anointed his feet, and wiped his feet with her hair at the feet of Jesus. Now back over to Luke chapter 10. We read in verse 39 that Martha, the fixer, the worker, had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Every time we see this sweet worshiper of God, she is at his feet worshiping him. Notice she was focused upon Jesus. She was resting in his presence and she was satisfied. She was satisfied with Jesus. Mary didn't care what they ate. Mary probably didn't care if they ever ate. She just wanted to be there with her Lord at his feet, hearing what he had to say to her. Heart and mind and ears open to the leading, to the words that this sweet Savior that she knew loved her and whom she loved, that, that he was going to tell her the things that he would have her to know. So look what Jesus said about her. Back over in verse 42. Remember verse 41? He said, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. You know, there's many things in this world that we have to deal with. I was mentioned this morning I had trouble sleeping last night. Got a, woke up about 2.15. I had about five or six things on my mind that needed to be done. I've got a list of a bunch of things that have to be done. There's many things that we can get careful and troubled about in this world. There's many things even in relation to the church and the kingdom of God that we can get careful and troubled about. But you know what Jesus said? He said, but one thing is needful. One thing is needful. Well, if one thing is needful, according to the Lord, I want to know what it is. What is it that was needful? Notice what Mary was doing at his feet. She was sitting at his feet and hearing his word. Sounds to me like the Lord thinks that hearing his word is very important in our lives. I believe that's the one thing that's needful, sitting in the presence of the Lord and hearing His Word. Beloved, the key to serving Him is being in His presence and hearing Him and following Him. What does Paul say over in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1? He said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. You see, it's by the mercies of God we can even do that. And it's by the mercies of God that we ought to be inspired to do that. Why do we serve Him? You know, people out there in the world, some of them are serving Him in order to get to heaven. Because they, they're trying to assuage His wrath. They're trying to meet His standards. They're trying to do what's necessary to get to the point where the Lord will not have wrath upon them, but will show them love. But it's the mercies of God that will inspire you to offer your body as a living sacrifice. You know, why are we serving Him? Because of all the mercy. Because His mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. Lasting because His mercy is why we're here tonight. We're not here trying to find, work our way to heaven and find the path to heaven. We're here tonight because He's already put us on that path. 
And it's his mercies that do it. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. We're to present our bodies a living sacrifice, and that means that, yeah, there's some work involved. But the primary thing that we're to do is to be focused upon Him. Because listen to what He says in verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I've said this so many times from the pulpit and heard other preachers say it. Our battle in the church of God is not for the hearts. God has to give a man a new heart in order for him to even be able to hear the word of God. But our battle is for the minds. We want to stir up your pure mind, your pure heart. We want to renew your mind. And that's why it's important that we spend time in his word, you see. And that's what Mary was doing. She was sitting at his feet listening to him. You know, when we get to attitude of, well, I've done so much for the Lord already. I don't need to spend any time in his word. I've been working so hard at the church. I don't need to go to the worship service. I've been uh, doing things out here in my job. You know, sometimes there's some people that are great servants out there in, in the world, but I just don't have to spend much time in the word or in the church then we've gotten to that point where Martha was. And instead of worshiping, we're working. Because see, sometimes we have to stop all that work and all that activity in order to hear the voice of the Lord. Turn back over there sometime and read in 1 Kings chapter 19 about a man named Elijah who got to feeling sorry for himself and he did all, he ran and he, he was working. He was working for the Lord. He slew 850 prophets of Baal. He, he, he won the great, one of the greatest victories uh, visibly that there'd ever been. He had he'd called fire down from heaven. God answered his prayer and the fire came down and licked up all the water in the trench and burned up the altar. Then he ran to the wilderness because Jezebel was after him and he hid out under the juniper tree and then he, he, he wasn't sleeping right. The Lord made him sleep. He wasn't eating right. The Lord made him eat. And then the Lord, then he went on another 40-day journey. He kept going. He didn't quit working. He kept going on further out into the wilderness and finally got to a cave. Looks to me like he'd run about as far as he could go. <laughs> and he sat down and wished for himself that he might die. And then the earthquake. Surely the gods in the earthquake is loud and it's big and it's maybe the fire. The fire. Surely God's in the fire. You see, run over to the, where all the action is happening. The whirlwind. Surely God is in the whirlwind. But you know, it wasn't until all of that cacophony of noise and action and activity was over that Elijah could hear the still, small voice of God. Sometimes, sometimes he's in the whirlwind. Sometimes he's, there have been whirlwinds that he was in. There have been earthquakes that he was in. There was an earthquake that freed... Peter and John are in James from prison. But too many times we let the earthquakes and the whirlwinds and the fire and the cacophony of noise from the world interfere with hearing the still small voice of God. That thorny ground will choke out 
the Word of God if you're not careful. And where can we hear His Word the best? Where can we hear His Word the best? Well, in Martha and Mary's day, they had Jesus there in person. And like John, the beloved disciple who leaned his, himself on Jesus' breast, he, he was reclining in the bosom of Christ. Mary was sitting at the feet of the Lord. But today, we don't have him in person. But he's promised that where two or three are gathered together, there he will be in the midst of us where we're gathered together in his name. Where is that? In the house of God. Psalm 27 and verse 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. This is somebody who's going to the place of worship so they can hear more about God. Now, as we bring this to a close, notice what Jesus said here. He said one thing in verse 42, one thing is needful and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. I've said this before, but I want to emphasize it again. I'm pretty sure that if you had been beside the deathbed of Martha as, she was as her breath was expiring from this world. And you said, Martha, you remember that time when Jesus ate at your house. What was the menu of the meal that you served? How long did it take you to fix it? What did you, how'd you cook the steak? I'm sure they didn't have steak. But how big was the pot of beans? She couldn't remember any of that. She probably couldn't even remember the items that were on the menu, much less anything about how she fixed them. But I tell you what, if you were at the bedside, the deathbed of Mary, and said, Mary, you remember that night that you were at Jesus' feet? You remember that time he was at your house? And you were sitting there with him do you remember that? Do you remember what he said? She said, oh, I remember that night. I remember that time. That was a mountaintop experience in my life. That's why I broke the, the big bottle of ointment because it was so precious to me to be in his presence. There's been a lot of times I've done a lot of work in the kingdom of God, but I wasn't listening to the Lord as the word was preached from the pulpit. Sometimes I missed a meeting because I was too busy. I don't even remember what I was doing that made me miss it, but I remember I missed it. But I tell you what else, I've been here in this place when the Lord was here and when he was speaking to us through the voice of the men in this pulpit and through the word of God. I've been there in those times of mourning when our hearts are broken when we've lost a loved one and I felt the sweet presence of the Lord just wrapping his arms spiritually around me. The most important part of our walk as Christians is the part that involves our direct communion with God. Every day we ought to meet with him personally, privately, in our prayer closet, in the word. And it doesn't have to be, you don't have to 
If you don't have a prayer closet, you don't have the time to, or the ability to go physically off into a mountain to pray like Christ, just stop what you're doing at work, in whatever social setting you are. Just stop and blot out all of the work and the activity and the noise and listen to the still, small voice of God. We don't want to end up like Martha, busy but not blessed. I want to be Mary, blessed by the presence and the preaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.